for Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, lots of people casting ballots in the 2020 presidential election will have the coronavirus on their minds. You know, it's rare to have a phenomenon like this that is life and death, and everybody in the United States is experiencing it at the same time. And so it has altered the election for sure. Jen Cates with the Kaiser Family Foundation joins me for a look at where the candidates stand on how to fight the coronavirus and how their larger health care plans could impact the COVID-19 pandemic. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden have pitched different approaches to handling the coronavirus if they win next month's election. It's an issue that's top of mind for many voters, according to polling from the Kaiser Family Foundation. Jen Cates is senior vice president and director of global health and HIV policy for the Kaiser Family Foundation. She's with me now to discuss the candidates' COVID-19 plans. Jen, thanks for talking with me. Good to be here. If you were to try to sum up each candidate's plan, President Trump, former Vice President Joe Biden, for for kind of moving the country forward through the pandemic, how would you do that if there is a simple way to to do that? Good question. Uh, I think there are some pretty big differences between the way President Trump is and has proposed to approach COVID-19 and the way that uh, Vice President Biden says he would approach it. Um, Big picture. Uh, The president has, as people watching know at times, he's questioned the science, he's questioned the expertise in public health, and that has led to, you know, some confusion over what needs to be done. And I think that's a big contrast with what Vice President Biden has said he would do, which was to really emphasize and focus on the science. Secondly, the president and and the administration's approach has been um, very much around, let's have the states take main responsibility for the response. The federal government um, in general has not put out a unified plan for COVID testing or contact tracing and really put a lot of that responsibility on the states. Vice President Biden has said that he would uh, have this be a federally um, controlled and and defined response and that there would be a lot more, uh, you know, sort of a big federal plan. Third, I would say that the current dialogue that we hear often is that it's the economy versus public health. If we don't get the economy back, that's going to affect 
everything. And if we stay in lockdown or we have all these public health measures, um, that's going to affect the economy. I think the, the Biden campaign would say that they don't see those as opposing things, that you need to do both. You need to follow public health to help the economy and vice versa. So those are those are three top line differences. And one I will add, the president and the administration have, um, with COVID and also some other things, really done a sort of go it alone approach, not engaging with international alliances, really doing it as an America first approach. And, and the vice president um, has said that he would re-engage with the international community on COVID and other related issues. You mentioned something there, which, which I, I wanted to talk about more, which is is a national strategy going to be easy to implement, understanding that up to this point, this has been kind of a, a state-led uh, response that's looked very different from state to state? I think for those out there who are in their state and, and maybe not aware, in, in general, the federal government has not put forward a very strong coordinated plan, with the exception of vaccines, which I, I will get to. But for testing and for contact tracing and for how to protect uh, workers and all the things that people are grappling with and states are grappling with, it's really been left to each state to kind of figure that out. And to some extent, that's the way public health happens in the United States a lot. You know, 50 states plus D.C. do their own thing. But when you have a pandemic, when a virus crosses state lines, crosses local lines, doesn't really abide by geography, having that kind of piecemeal approach really doesn't work well. Now, your a second question is, can you kind of right-size that now? If there's a Biden uh, administration and uh, Biden wants to come in and have strong national plans— yeah, there will be some time to try to get that coordinated, but there's still a need to coordinate on many different fronts. Um, you still hear about that some states don't have long lines for testing. Some communities don't have PPE. That is the kind of thing that a national response could help with. You mentioned contact tracing and, and testing there. Public health experts widely agree these are two key tools to helping us keep the pandemic in check. Until we get a vaccine, if we get a vaccine, even after that point. So how do the two candidates approach those issues? Yeah. So again, there, there are some differences there. I, the president and the administration have taken a number of steps on, on COVID testing for sure. But in general, what, what we've seen across the country is a real variation in states' own um, capacity to test and get uh, and have lab capacity to you know process the tests, have the supplies needed to conduct the tests. It's gotten better over time, but that's been a constant feature of this, where you have some states with extra capacity, some states with not enough capacity. You have this varying approach across the country, and without that kind of strong, coordinated federal central response, that can happen. What Vice President Biden has said he would do is have a, a sort of a national testing board, which would aim to address that kind of issue so that you would try to match a need and demand across the country. Early on in the in the pandemic, in the first few months, you had stories of some states having to go outside the United States to get actual supplies for testing. So the idea here is if you have some kind of national coordination, you wouldn't need to do that. If state A had extra capacity to help on the lab side, that could help state B. That's what you want, again, when you have a pandemic where a virus, in this case, is, is crossing state lines. It doesn't really care if you're a red state or a blue state. You mentioned a vaccine there, too. I mean, this is something that the president and his administration really has taken a real hands-on approach. You know, people might know about Operation Warp Speed. This is the White House push to get a vaccine and get it out to people. Is Biden's plan to pick up from the work the Trump administration has already done there? Or do they have a kind of new vision for what distributing a vaccine could look like? 
On the vaccine side, the federal government uh, and the Trump administration have taken a very strong, coordinated and central approach. I think that's the one area where that's been really clear with Operation Warp Speed, with several other initiatives, and the speed at which um, vaccine candidates are being put through clinical trials and examined is, is really remarkable. From what I've read, what the Biden approach would be would, would certainly pick up from all of that. Where I think there's some potentially some difference, there's been so much concern, uh, listeners probably know, about will, can we trust the vaccine when it's uh, available? Will it be fast-tracked and, and sort of cut corners? I think what Biden would focus on is to try to alleviate those concerns and really um, make sure that the messages getting through are that this is about the scientific process and cutting corners is not what's happening. I'm not saying that that's what the Trump administration is doing, but there's a lot of perception and concern about that. And there have been examples in the last few months where things have been fast-tracked, even though there might not have been all the evidence that you would want. And you certainly don't want to do that with a vaccine. So I don't think the actual uh, approach would be different. Um, There might be additional measures put in place or additional support uh, for states and others. But I really think the big difference would be on emphasizing the science and evidence. Something that's been in the news recently is the fight in Congress over putting together another coronavirus relief package. What does the Biden camp say they would like to see in a kind of coronavirus relief package? I'm assuming they would be in favor of one if Vice President Biden is elected. Yeah, so I think um, the Biden team would be in support of additional stimulus. And, and, and the Trump administration has said at different times that they are as well. I think some of the challenges between um, getting agreement between Republicans and Democrats would still be there. But the Biden camp has talked uh, about providing much more additional relief to states and local governments to be able to carry out testing, contact tracing, as well as vaccine preparation and distribution. They would also include um, funding for schools, which is something the Trump administration has also said that they would want to see. The other emphasis here is really extending relief to uh, Americans and others who are out of work and, and really struggling. So I think some of the big buckets are similar. It's really differences over where the emphasis might be and in the amount of money. You mentioned kind of the political feasibility of something like this. I mean, the, the Senate is close already. Um, and so we could see divided government. We could see unified government. All that really depends on what happens on November 3rd. Yes. Yeah, so a lot is going to depend on what happens on November 3rd for things like the stimulus package, because if there's a Biden um, a win and he carries also the Senate and the House obviously was like is going to be Democratic um, or likely to be then I think the stimulus is is you know probably not going to have the barriers that we've seen. I think if there's still divided government, we'll have to really wait and see what that looks like and how it's going to play out. You know, there's been a lot of concern about the amount of money that's been having to put it to this. But as you know, anyone living right now in the United States knows, um, we are way far from being out of the woods on this. And there's going to be a lot of people that are still hurting and a need for more stimulus to keep moving things ahead. And so how that ultimately gets worked out will um, still, and I'm sure, involve partisan battles. But depending upon who's in the White House, it will have a different push. Earlier in the year before the pandemic hit, certainly health care was a key issue in the campaign. The, the pandemic has changed that a little bit. But, you know, we do still have two candidates with visions for what healthcare looks like. And we don't need to go into all the details, but just kind of s- some highlights. What are President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden uh, pitching here? 
Before the pandemic, there was a lot of focus on healthcare in the ACA and concern about what would happen to the ACA. And then we had the pandemic and everyone started focusing on COVID-19, but I think it's a bit come full circle because the two are so interconnected with the Supreme Court about to hear the case at right after the election that the justices are considering overturning the entire law, which is supported by the Trump administration, which is not what the Biden uh, camp supports, that would have dramatic implications. So Biden, his approach would be to retain and strengthen the ACA and create what's called a new public option to increase and increase the number of people who would be eligible for subsidies. I mean, one of the issues you hear about with the ACA, it's not perfect, and there are still people who are struggling with costs or people who aren't covered. So one of the approaches the Biden campaign has said is that they would expand the ability for people to get help and get subsidies. They would retain the ACA Medicaid expansion. That's been on the table with the Trump administration and their support for repeal. The Biden camp would provide an option for people to enroll in Medicare at age 60, so lower that age, would increase health insurance coverage options for immigrants, which is different than the Trump administration approach, where in many ways they've scaled back on um, public benefits for those who are uh, non-citizens. But going back to Medicaid, have proposed uh, changes to cap and limit federal spending on Medicaid. So big changes that would, on the one hand, um, from various estimates, the Biden approach would increase access to uh, coverage and lower costs, and the Trump approach would reduce access and and coverage. The Kaiser Family Foundation not only does this health policy work, you're also an organization that frequently polls American people to get a sense of kind of the healthcare issues that they care about. How big of a deal is the pandemic for voters? Is this kind of the key thing that people are thinking about, you know, when they're making a decision about who they're going to vote for? Yeah. So, The response to COVID is a big, big deal for the public. Everyone is still living with this every day and not easily seeing an end. And so how, where they come out on it really plays a big role in their, their views of the candidates. We also see that the public is focusing on healthcare as well and does really care about some of the, some of the main protections in the ACA, particularly pre-existing condition protections. So, uh, we see a lot of, People are, are responding on health care, and there's a, a majority support for protecting pre-existing conditions and concern about losing that. So both those issues are really important to the public. There are party differences in, how, in the shares that say that they're important, but in general, these are important issues for, for many in the public. I would say the Democrats and independents in particular, Republicans less so. How much do you think, Jen, that the real pitch that the Biden campaign is making here. Certainly, they have outlined specific things they want to do to address the pandemic. But how much of their pitch is just a tone shift? I mean, is the Biden camp just really hoping that people are looking for that different tone? (laughs) In terms of what a Biden administration would do on this, I think it's both. I think it's tone and messenger as well as the tools of government. So there are differences in the in the use of tools of government where President Trump has has not some have said he's not used all the tools available that the federal government could be using to get ahead of this and the Biden team has has identified some of those and actually many of those that they would do but I do think tone matters and leadership and so as we see across the country you see partisan differences in things like face mask wearing and what people say they do or are comfortable doing. And that is really related to the messenger and the messages that they're hearing. If they're hearing mixed messages or um, messages about wearing masks looking weak, even though the science is pretty strong, 
you know, that has an impact. And I think tone shift uh, from the top can actually affect behavior. That is a, a good part of what would change, I assume. I think it's kind of a rare thing we have here in an election year where we have a situation that we're in that is literally life and death for people. I think in ways that is a lot more understandable for your average person than, say, an issue like the economy or, you know, national defense or these kinds of other issues that voters say they they care about. Reflect on that for me if you can, because it seems like that's a rare thing in in an election year to have a problem that is this black and white, this clearly understandable by so many people. It's profound and it's not only rare, it has not happened in anyone's lifetime for the most part who is voting. Certainly everyone in the United States right now and around the world, there hasn't been a global pandemic of this nature and certainly not one that's affected the United States since 1918. And uh, so it's not something that we've in the sort of modern consciousness have had to deal with in an election. It's very rare, uh, extremely rare. And yet, as, as you know, it's, it's risen to almost the top uh, for many voters as a key driving issue that is helping them make decisions about who to vote for and what kind of president they want. And there are party differences in that. But I think we, you know, it's rare to have a phenomenon like this that, that as you said, is life and death and everybody in the United States is experiencing it at the same time. And so it has altered the election for sure. Jen Cates is Senior Vice President and Director of Global Health and HIV Policy at the Kaiser Family Foundation. Did You Wash Your Hands? is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is Chief Content Officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary, but when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate and thanks.